This is KJZZ's Sun Up. It's your daily news update here in podcast form from Phoenix on our state and region. I'm Phil Latzman. Good day to you. Hope you had a wonderful weekend. It is Monday, February 27th. Let's get started with the news from here in the Grand Canyon State. A winter storm continued to bring snowy conditions to northern Arizona over the weekend since Saturday night. As of early Monday morning, Flagstaff had reported more than a foot of new fresh snow, a record 10 inches falling yesterday in the city alone. Like the valley, temperatures have been below normal in the high country all winter. Yet another storm system is set to bring even more snow to northern Arizona by tomorrow night and continue at least into Thursday afternoon. Paige Swenson is a meteorologist for the National Weather Service in Flagstaff. It's kind of when we're expecting the next system to come through, which could bring some pretty significant snowfall once again. But still just keeping an eye on that one, not 100% confident with snowfall amounts at this point. And that also means rain chances again here in the valley by midweek. It also means snow totals in the upper Colorado River Basin have been doing well and they've already reached their average annual peak. As Alex Hager reports, that's much earlier than normal. Mountain snow turns into the Colorado River, which supplies water to 40 million people throughout the southwest. Right now, it's still piling up, past the usual amount that's on the ground when it starts to melt off in the spring. Normally, that total isn't reached until early April. Every high-altitude region of Colorado, Utah, and Wyoming is above average for this time of year. Climate scientists say this wet winter is likely to help prop up depleted reservoirs, but it won't be enough to turn around a decades-long mega-drought. The Southwest would need five or six consecutive wet winters to chip away at the supply-demand imbalance that is straining the region's water supply. I'm Alex Hager. Well, the COVID pandemic did showcase wastewater testing as an early warning system for tracking viral spread. But the tests can't tell if the waste comes from locals or visitors. Well, how does that affect results in tourist destinations like Phoenix and Las Vegas? From the Arizona Science Desk, Nicholas Gerbis reports. The Las Vegas metro area's 2.3 million residents are joined each week by nearly 1 million visitors. The authors of the JAMA Network Open paper wanted to know how that influx affects wastewater flow and viral load. Data beginning with the 10-week shutdown in March 2020 and ending in February 2022 showed around 60% of COVID detected in late 2021 came from visitors. Moreover, the Omicron BA1 variant was 40 to 100% more prevalent in that group. Even so, wastewater testing still provided an early warning of Omicron spread in the area. Nicholas Gerbis, KJZZ News, Phoenix. From the KJZZ Newsroom, I'm Ron Dungan. As the state grapples with water cutbacks amid a historic drought, many Arizonans are re-examining their own practices. Salt River Project will be sharing ideas at its annual Water Conservation Expo from 8 to noon and Saturday, March 4th, at Para Pavilion in Tempe. The event is largely focused on individual efforts people can make to use water more efficiently and will feature irrigation classes, conservation tips, and free programs on landscaping and plant selection. SRP hydrologists will also be in hand to discuss how water travels from the high country to the valley. A couple of stories now from our Bureau in Mexico. A sitting justice on Mexico's Supreme Court is now facing a second serious accusation of plagiarism. From the Front Terrorist Desk in Hermosillo, Murphy Woodhouse reports. 
In a bombshell report Friday, the Spanish newspaper El País found that nearly half of Justice Yasmin Esquivel's 2009 doctoral dissertation was copied from the works of a dozen authors, including several prominent lawyers and academics. An attorney representing Esquivel responded to the report, saying it was not a case of plagiarism, but carelessness with citations. The revelations come in the wake of Mexico's largest university confirming that her undergraduate law thesis was also plagiarized, which she denies. Creo que eh, en este momento... Luis Tapia is a human rights attorney and professor who has had cases before the Mexican Supreme Court. He says the plagiarism scandals have led to a loss of public trust in a moment when the court was working to earn it. Murphy Woodhouse, KJZZ News, Hermosillo. Meanwhile, one of the oldest neighborhoods in the Sonoran capital of Hermosillo has received national recognition for its history, its culture, and its food. From the front terrace desk in that city, Kendall Blust has more. Just south of Hermosillo's bustling city center, the charming Villa de Ceres neighborhood has been designated as a Barrio Mágico. The federal recognition was established late last year to promote tourism in some of the country's most iconic neighborhoods. Ramses Valenzuela has been working to protect and highlight the neighborhood's unique culture, history, and gastronomy. Villa de Ceres was established in 1742 as a colonial settlement and later became home to members of the indigenous Comcac Nation, also known as the Ceres. In 1939, it became part of Hermosillo, but maintains a special place in the city, both for its centuries-old buildings and its coyotas, a Sonoran pastry said to have originated there in the 1950s. Kendall Blust, KJ's Z News, Hermosillo. Well, several years ago, Glendale officials started an executive task force to help unsheltered individuals. As part of that goal meant addressing the issue of discarded shopping carts. Ignacio Ventura tells us how. A new city ordinance was proposed that would create additional rules for shopping carts in Glendale. If passed, the legislation would prevent individuals from unlawfully possessing shopping carts, but it also includes new rules for retail establishments. Rick St. John is the deputy city manager for Glendale. There's nothing um, in Glendale or in state law that encourages business owners to take some responsibility of protecting their property. And this ordinance is intended to do just that. Retail establishments would be required to equip their carts with restrictive devices and post public notices about cart removals. According to St. John, reports of abandoned carts have occurred often. The ordinance is scheduled for a city council vote on Tuesday. Ignacio Ventura, KJZZ News, Phoenix. Calcium phosphate, best known for making up bones and teeth, is the body's most abundant mineral. In breast tissue, it can also offer early hints of abnormalities. But whether they're benign or malignant, it's been hard to pin down until now. From the Science Desk, here once again is Nicholas Gerbis. Prior research based on bulk analysis of ground-up samples suggested the ratio of calcium and phosphorus could help identify cancers and predict their outcomes. When the authors instead used non-destructive methods to map deposits within their tissue environments, that link didn't hold up. Co-author Dr. Daniel Sudolovsky of Kingman Regional Medical Center. And we didn't really see the same pattern when we individually isolated crystals in the different environments. Instead, they found new signatures, one involving certain trace metals, another entailing the ratio of proteins to oils and fats called lipids. The findings, which appear in Science Advances, offer new and possibly earlier targets for screening. Nicholas Gerbis, KJZZ News, Phoenix. On to some sports now. Phoenix Mercury player Brittany Griner and her wife Sherelle 
participated in the NAACP Image Awards Saturday, broadcast on BET. It was uh, one of the Griner's few public appearances since Brittany was released from a Russian prison back in December. Sherelle Griner gave a nod to her wife and the crowd. Um, we are just truly so thankful to all the people, many of whom are black women and black-led organizations who fought so hard to bring BG home tonight. The Griners also thanked the public for their support and called for bringing home other detained Americans. Griner re-signed with the Mercury for the 2023 upcoming WNBA season. Meanwhile, the Mercury have signed another key player this weekend. Tom Maxidon has that update. On the heels of the recent re-signings of teammates Diana Taurasi and Brittany Griner, the Mercury announced that guard Shea Petty has re-upped with the team as well. Playoff Petty, as she's known, was injured last season during the WNBA playoffs. Mercury GM Jim Pittman says the team is looking forward to seeing her back on the floor. Petty had a career-best 2022 season, averaging nearly 10 points per game. The Mercury's first regular season matchup in Phoenix is May 21st against the Chicago Sky. Tom Maxidon, KJZZ News, Phoenix. In the NBA in basketball, the Suns fell short in Milwaukee yesterday. Bucks won their 14th straight with a 104-101 win over Phoenix. Suns had a fourth-quarter seven-point lead but could not hold it. And Milwaukee playing without their big man, Giannis Antetokounmpo, who sat out with a minor injury. Kevin Durant yet to make his Suns debut, but may do it Wednesday in Charlotte. Devin Booker with 24 points in a losing cause for the Suns. In hockey, the Coyotes scored first, but Nashville scored six of the next seven. The Predators won in Tempe last night, 6-2. Shane Gottespierre opened the scoring with a shorthanded goal for Arizona. Nick Schmaltz also tallied in a losing cause for the Yotes. And that does it for this edition of KJZZ Sun Up. Arizona's Morning News Podcast on this Monday, February the 27th. I'm Phil Latzman. Thanks so much for listening. Cheers to a great week, and we'll do it again, of course, tomorrow.